Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. This is Pam Shriver. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast, live from Wimbledon. Myself, Catherine Whitaker, David Law, Matt Roberts. What I was going to say was live from our designated wonderful position at SW19 on the broadcast roof, overlooking court number one, Henman Hill over there, centre court that way. And we are, for those of you joining us live on YouTube right now, you can see exactly where we are. We are looking all of those things, but not quite in the position we intended this is not our per- our permanent spot we're in our wet weather position <laughs> i mean it, it might be our permanent spot if the weather keeps going like this um but yes until about an hour ago we were very much going to be in position a uh, we're now in position b hastily erected <laughs> yeah we're very we're very pleased position b exists folks yeah. but um we we have position a which is if anything even nicer than position b so got that to look forward to something to look forward Mm. to now some of you are joining us live on youtube some of you some of you are listening to this as a podcast don't worry for anybody listening as a podcast we're not going to suddenly start referencing lots of things that you can't see although i might mention matt's outfit today because it is of course draw day and matt now has a trend (laughs) of producing A knockout outfit for draw day? I have something to live up to now. Mm. Although, unfortunately, my outfit is another consequence of the weather. And I've had, to, I've had to put my jumper on over my nice shirt. Yeah, anyone tuning in to watch this on YouTube in hopes of seeing what dazzling shirt Matt produced for draw day are sorely disappointed right now. You're being a bit of a tease, Matt. Um, but yeah, it was, of course, it is draw day today yeah. at Wimbledon. 2023 that's why matt has a draw day look in his eyes Mm, i had such a good time (laughs) (laughs) matt loves the wimbledon draw tell us tell us why you love the wimbledon draw and i would say he loves the wimbledon draw more this year than he ever has in the past because it feels like it's gone up a level again tell us the the backstory of of your draw love (laughs) well i think it probably starts with the fact that so many other draws are bad (laughs) name them uh, Roland Garros Australian Open US Open why are they bad well Catherine would say partly because there's so much faff there's so much unnecessary stuff you know for starters here at the Wimbledon draw they did not bring on a rugby player that we didn't (laughs) recognise that was probably more on us than them really (laughs) come on no there shouldn't be a rugby player at at a tennis draw no (laughs) but bring on Bring on someone else. Mm. A tennis player. Yeah. Bring on nobody. Just get on with the draw, as they do (laughs) here at Wimbledon. Make a show of the draw. Absolutely. The beauty of the Wimbledon draw is its simplicity. It it has upgraded over the years. It was the first time it was streamed live on on YouTube this year. We started a fashion. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the thing, though, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was in the lovely new media theatre at Wimbledon. So, you know, it's it's been elevated over the years, but basically it's just drawing names out of a hat, one by one, with all the suspense that comes with that. 
and it's 45 minutes nothing superfluous it's just the draw women's draw followed by the men's draw 10 out of 10 no notes i could read it i could see it i could follow it it was great I had a great time. What can I say? <laughs> there, there, w- there was a little bit of audible accompaniment within the congregation that was there. I mean, I must admit, I about 10 minutes into the draw, I was thinking back to Roland Garros where the assembled media and guests were giving it the full ooh-la-la and, and uh, you know, <gasps> when, the, when two French players drew each other. Uh, but here there was utter silence in the room for the first 10 minutes. And then we got a couple of moments. We did. Are we going to go straight in with a couple of moments? I think we probably should, really. Don't you? Sure. Mm. L- let's go there. Venus Williams against Alina Svitolina, <gasps> round one. Yeah, and the backstory is that to this is that yesterday, for Friends of the Tennis Podcast, we wanted to do a rehearsal of mm. these these live on camera shows on YouTube. So we oh a little has that ever happened before? There's a there's a bird. Yeah, there's a little bird it's, that's just. It's neither up. in shot nor oh, oh now, now it's flown past my face. Just we didn't arrange that. Pe- it, the flora, fauna and wildlife of, yeah. of Wimbledon. You did get stung by a bee on this did, roof. Very, very close to where we're sitting right now. During a podcast. Mm. And we kept it in. Yeah. Uh, what was I saying? Probably we did a rehearsal podcast <laughs> yesterday. Just a just a 20 minute off the cuff thing for friends of the tennis podcast. People that we knew <laughs> would yeah. be kind to us yes. if um, it all went wrong. Which it didn't. There weren't too many teething problems to iron out. It was a lovely sunny day yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there, there, were, there were no issues on that front. But one of the things that we discussed was who are the dangerous floaters in the draw? Who are we intrigued as to where they land? And on the women's side, the two names are Alina Svitolina and Venus Williams. And lo and behold, they have landed next to one another. Dun, dun, dun. Did you audibly exclaim, Matt? Yes, along with, as David said, kind of everyone in the room. Yeah. That was that was the gasp moment. I was quite pleased about that as well, that people were that tuned in on how big a deal that those two are in this particular draw. Venus Williams obviously being five-time champion and being 43 years of age, which is astounding to think that she can be doing this. And Elena Svitolina, who is recently back off maternity leave, has obviously got the whole backdrop of the horrors in her homeland going on at the moment and yet back on the tour and winning tournaments making waves and so they were they were fascinating people to have in the draw I mean the chances of them facing each other in the first round must be so minimal and yet here they are mm. so it was you you just got the sense all around you they knew this is a big deal I then tweeted centre court centre court <laughs> It's it's got to be centre court hasn't it do we have any Please. sway around these it's, parts it's, now? How many times do we need to say it? I mean, it's, to me, it's got to be a show court at the very least. Um, oh. Yeah, I'd, if it was court one, I'd be fine with that, really. I mean, I, I would like it to be centre. Is it but, bottom uh, half or top half, Matt? Who's, who's that match going to be competing with? Uh, that match is in the top half. Of, which, sorry, no, the bottom half of the draw. The, the bottom, bottom half, half of the women's of the draw. draw, which play on Monday. So the... Bottom half of the women's draw obviously features Arena Sabalenka, who is the second seed. Her projected, this is all by seeding, the, her projected quarterfinal opponent would be Maria Sakkari. Also in the bottom half, defending champion Elena Rabakina. Her projected quarterfinal opponent, again by seeding, would be Ons Jabeur. And then in the top half, Iga Swiatek against Coco Goff and Jessica Pagula against Caroline Garcia are the seeded quarterfinals. None of those are happening. Yeah, the matches which definitely won't happen. Um, but, I mean, that was, I think, the big takeaway from, from the women's draw is you did not want to be in that bottom half. That, for me, is absolutely stacked. Jabur, Kvitova, Rabakina, Krejcikova, Mukova, Ostapenko, Sabalenka, all in that bottom half, which, of course, paves the way in the top half for... Iga Swiatek, and I think this is a great draw for her because, as I said, all of those names are in the other half, and the you know the big names, the big seeds. 
in her half are players that she's got a really good record against. Jessica Bagula, Coco Goff, uh, Caroline Garcia has beaten her before and would maybe be be a bit tricky, but I'm not sure I expect Caroline Garcia to get to the semi-finals, given the form that she's been in. Uh, Belinda Bengtschik is also in there, another one with not much form. So I think Sviantek needed a good draw on the grass. Uh, she's got some wins in in Bad Homburg this week. I think her first top 50 win on grass uh, this week. So she needed a good draw, and I, I really think she's got one. Uh, and once the draw was done, and at that point the tournament, the club, announced which halves of the draw men's and women's would play on on Monday, and, and of course we know that it will be top half of the women's draw on Monday, i.e. Iga Schwantek to play on Monday... Yggdrasil then withdrew from Bad, Bad Homburg. Yeah. Um, now, I, I've no idea. I'm, qu- I'm quite sure there's something in the reason she withdrew. She said she uh, was feeling unwell, I think food poisoning, food poisoning bad night's up. sleep. But it's one of those where she's not going to risk anything, no, especially I, given I mean, she's playing first day. The degree of how unwell she feels is unknown. I think in as much, I mean, you take her at a word, absolutely. But, I mean, I think there are a lot of players that have retired from matches over the last few days, to be honest with you. And I think it does highlight the issue of playing the very week before. They they know what's at stake in a few days' time. And I think there are some players that really need the matches. They feel like they're underdone and they've got to, they've got to get them in. There are others that I think maybe just feel so good they can just push on through and, the, and, may, and there's a lot of players that just really want the Eastbourne title the Bad Humberg title they want those titles and, they, and that's how they go about it but a lot of players I think they've got Wimbledon in mind when they make these decisions I, the way Iga Shvantec tweeted the details she went into sounded like she was pretty unwell uh, to me in terms of a whatever where, whether it's gastroenteritis or whatever it is that can knock you off your feet and you're gonna what are we on now it's friday she's gonna need a few days to 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 feel okay so you know fingers crossed that she does mm-hmm. and pam shriver tweeted earlier that she actually thinks maybe the tours need to look into doing something about the number of withdrawals and retirements that you get in those tournaments mm. the week before a slam whether it be you know playing a tiebreak in the third set or something radical like sudden death juice i mean i i wouldn't want sudden death juice but i i could maybe get on board with a tiebreak in the third set um but yeah it's pretty unsatisfactory especially for the women to have a 500 event at eastbourne you know so that, that's that's a pretty big event mm-hmm. to have it so close to a slam it's just Indicative of the of the crazy tennis schedule, I yeah. suppose. I'd support something being done, especially in, given the gap between the French Open and Wimbledon. Entirely understandable that Iga Swiatek wants to have more than a week off after yeah. winning the French Open, but then that leaves her in the position of only being able to get grass court prep the week before the Slam, which is it's not what she tends to do. No. Um, so, and I. Even if it, I, I agree with you, David. The detail she's gone into, I'm not suggesting it's a made-up illness at all. But honestly, if it were, I get it. I support yeah. it. I think there should, as as Matt says, I and as Pam players, says, I think there should be some of those players will have yeah definitely decided caution, and, and I'm fine. not going to risk my chances. I, and even if I just feel a bit tired, mm. I'm going to find a, a reason that I didn't play, and and that does happen. Let's talk about some of the other matches that have been... Let's talk about some of the round one matches that have been thrown up here. And when I say some of, I mean one in particular, and that is Karolina Mukova against Julian Niemeyer, future Wimbledon champion Julian Niemeyer. (laughs) If uh, Hannah, Hannah Wilkes, that manages our Twitter and is currently moderating our chat on YouTube, if you are in that chat, say hello to Hannah. We love Mm. Hannah. She thinks that Yulia Niemeyer is a future Wimbledon champion. And who am I to say she's wrong? She's She looked like she had the goods here this time last year. And possibly the worst unintended consequence for everybody on the WTA Tour of Wimbledon not being able to award ranking points last year is that Yulia Niemeyer has been unseeded yeah. and a dangerous floater at every Grand Slam since then. And 
Nobody wants to face her in round one, not least Carolina Mukova. Who hasn't played a match mm. since Roland mm. Garros in the final. I mean, that's a big ask, isn't mm. it? Really, to come out cold onto grass and face a player with that sort of game. And, and I, I realised today a, a sort of new element of the Mukova curse, which hopefully she is... She's over, having having reached the French Open what final. What have you found now? Well, she's cursed in round one of slams. She gets really tough draws. She had Simona Halep here last year in the first round. She had Isla Tomjanovic first round of the US Open last year. She obviously had Maria Sakkari first round in Roland Garros, which she mm. did manage to win. And now she's got, you know, one of the most dangerous unseeded players in, in Niemeyer. I think that's horrible. As somebody that was so excited to see Mukova play on grass mm. after the French Open, and I really like Niemeyer. I think she's a, a fun, unknown-ish quantity in the draw. That really worries me for Mukova. I'd like yeah. them both to have a run, and draws being what they are, that is now impossible. I mean, that'd be a great fourth-round match, wouldn't it? If that yeah. had ended up Absolutely. there, you know, probably in a year or two, Niemeyer may well be seeded and end up meeting Mukova in mm. the fourth round, maybe even the quarterfinals. So, but I also do love this. I, I know that you're going to lose somebody good and you may end up losing a top seed, but I love the jeopardy of it all. I love going into the first round of a Grand Slam with, a, with massive stakes immediately. And um, it's going to be brilliant. Where would you put that match? Quarterfinalist last year, Niemeyer. French Open finalist, Mukova. I'd probably be putting it on court two, I think, court to be two. honest with you. Um, maybe even the next one. Is it 18 is the next one? Three. I think? Three. Three. Uh, I'd probably put it on one of those. They're brilliant courts. They're, they're more intimate. They're still show courts. But, I mean, I suppose it depends what they're up against. Uh, but but uh, that's my feeling. Hannah wants that one on centre. She, <laughs> yes. uh, she tweeted about that. Also, while we're on uh, Hannah and... You mentioned that she is moderating the chat. I'm sure that there are people in the chat, not that we're looking at it. I'm sure there are people correcting me because uh, Venus and Svitolina are in the top half. So they will play Monday. Yeah. Right. Uh, Other round one matches that jump out when you look through the women's draw. Maria Sakkari against Marta Kostiuk. She keeps on being in headline-grabbing round one matches, Marta Kostiuk, doesn't she? Of course, Irina Sabalenka yeah. um, in and, Paris. And so does Maria Sakkari. And so does Maria <laughs> Sakkari, indeed. Um, Veronica Kudamatova against Kaya Kanepi. Look, someone has to draw Kaya Kanepi in round one of a slam. It's a nightmare, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, Kanepi is just delighted she got a seed. Yeah, she's well, more likely to yeah. win. Uh, we've got Shelby Rogers against Elena Rabatkina. I'm interested in that because Shelby Rogers doesn't make much sense to me as a tennis player. She can pop up and be so interesting and so much fun and so much of a disruptor. You know, she's she still sticks out in my mind as the person that figured out Ash Barty. The person yeah, that, that found the, the Ash Barty kryptonite. With yeah. the moon balls. With the moon balls. That was the Emma Raducanu year, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, there's really something to Shelby Rogers. Um, but she can also sort of disappear for weeks and months on end. So I, I don't quite know what phase of her career she's in just at the moment. But I also don't know where Elena Rabakna is at. I really, really don't. Having withdrawn from Eastbourne, still suffering with this virus that caused her to withdraw from the French Open. I think she's good enough that she can win matches here even if she's significantly depleted. Yeah. But don't know. It's a, bit, it's a worry. Well, there's, there's no data, recent data on her, is there? Because... She was in as good a form as you could be in during Roland Garros until that withdrawal. And we've we've seen her play Donna Vekic and, and lose a match I, I watched. And she, she did look pale and short, short of energy and wasn't really getting to the ball in quite the same way I didn't feel, making a lot of unforced errors. You know, I, I often marvel at the way somebody who's hitting the ball that hard, that flat, is still as precise as she is because she does it also easily it seems to come to it easily the foundations of those strokes but yeah I mean that is a tough first round draw I think because she's 
she may well be nervous. You'd understand it if she was. And who knows how fit she is. And so, yeah, Shelby Rogers is dangerous. And even if she does come through that, at least a Cornet is Ooh. lurking <laughs> potentially in round two. Defending she, champion, goodness, she would, wouldn't she? Mm. She loved being... She loved having the opportunity to be the one to break Iga Shantek's yeah. streak last year and, and, and it showed Kanu, and she did it. Uh, the, yeah, last year. You the know, ultimate the... disruptor. Oh, oh okay. Mm. Uh, Heather Watson against Barbora Krojcikova also jumps out from round one, doesn't it? That's going to get a big court, isn't it? Barbora Krojcikova, member of the new big four, obviously. <laughs> hmm, it's barely won a match since. But she, did, but she did have a run in Birmingham. She reached the final mm. against Dostopenko, didn't she? Yeah, so she's got some reps on the grass. Um, I sort of think that Krejcikova should be able to play really well on on grass. I think it's the slam where she hasn't really had had the results. I don't think she's got past the fourth round here. But yeah, she's a uh, she feels a bit like a sort of sleeping giant at the moment. Like we know how good Krejcikova can be. Yes, and it's just sort of wake up. She's a dormant volcano. Yeah, um, I've piggybacked on your excellent <laughs> analogy, Matt. Like there. It. Very um, good. Yeah, and also I, w- I would say uh, a match that I got slightly lost in the draw because it came just after uh, Venus and Svitolina were drawn was Coco Goff starting against Sophia Kennan, which very much should be a gasp-inducing match. But, Kennan qualified, But we were still she? gasping from Venus Svitolina. It took so, a few minutes yeah. for Matt to cotton on that that was happening and then That's to let me know about it because I, I tend to zone out a bit during the draw we always have to get Matt to live tweet the draw because I struggle it's too to much it. I'm with yeah. you too much I'm like Matt what's, what's I end I, up I'm, spectating Matt's face rather than the actual it's like when draw. I'm watching a movie with my wife and I say what's going on <laughs> and uh, that was a bit like that with you during the draw mm. um, yeah Kenning qualified beat uh, Taylor Townsend in the in the final round of qualifying that's rough for Goff I think someone that's come through qualify a Grand Slam champion yeah. that's come through qualifying. But she's had some matches this week, hasn't she, Goff? I know she lost to Madison Keys, she lost I think. To today, yeah. But you know, she's had a couple of wins. She, she's obviously very unfortunately for Coco Goff fallen in Iga Swiatek's quarter again, right. which we'd love to believe that she could turn that head to head around, that she could make a dent in it, that she could try and make it interesting. But there are just no signs really, of that being the case. So that is kind of disastrous for Coco Goff and brilliant for Iga Svantec. I just find Svantec so interesting in every round, though. Because, because like, normally if she plays Coco Goff, I'm just assuming mm. foregone conclusion Svantec mm. wins. But because of this surface, it just makes it interesting to me. Yeah, and as always with these quarterfinals projection projections the fact that these play if these matches end up happening the fact that they've got to the quarterfinals means that a lot of the question marks we're currently talking about in relation to them will have been eliminated because yeah. they've they've got to the quarterfinals yeah. given what you've said about how good a draw this is for for Iga Shiontek, given everything we've said about the question marks hanging over everyone else you know where I'm going they know they know where I'm going is Iga Shiontek going to win Wimbledon is she the favourite for Wimbledon? I would pick her at the moment to win Wimbledon, yeah, I would. Uh, because of how stacked that bottom half of the draw is. How I think if Elena Rabakina had come in with zero health question marks, I'd have gone with her. Because to me, she's so mm. perfectly put together as a tennis player, as an athlete. And we saw last year, mentally, she can handle it. I'd have gone with her. But there are too many question marks for me. And I don't question Shantek's mindset. I suppose I have to look at her health now that she's withdrawn from this event. Yes, it might not be serious, but it might be. But I still think, given how straightforward that draw is, relatively speaking, compared to that bottom half of the draw, I think she's going deep. And so, yeah, I'd I'd pick her. What, what 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 about you? I hadn't made up my mind at the time of asking the question. That was quite a compelling <laughs> argument you just it made. Was, wasn't I, I it? found that really persuasive. It, that I could yeah. come up with that. Um, <sighs> I, I share all your view. It would have been Rabatkina. It mm. would have been Rabatkina. She wouldn't have had to do much in preparation for me to consider her the favourite. But she doesn't look right to me. This doesn't sound good. 
on the health front. I think she's there for the taking. Of, I don't think she's just going to lose to anybody, but it sounds to me like she would be there for the taking in the early rounds if she comes up against an inspired opponent. Um, I'm looking at Sabalenka. Mm. I feel like Sabalenka, Sabalenka has done more at Wimbledon than Iga Swiatek. She's a Grand Slam champion now. I feel like the next person I look to should be Irina Sabalenka. Mm. And yet, I found I found you very compelling there, David. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm not even sure that I put Sabalenka confidently ahead of some of the other players that are in there, Ooh, like who? Petra Kvitova, for instance. Oh. Do- don't covet of me. I've done it again. <laughs> I don't. I mean, where is she? Matt? Where is she? I mean, it, but, although, does it even matter where she is? Because no. the thing with Kvitova is, she can be anyone. She, she can be anyone she's here. Got an if she turns it on. Yeah, she's got an Omskabur potential fourth round, yes, uh, and, then, and then the winner of that could potentially play Rabatkina or Ostapenko or oh. Hadad Meyer, David. Oh, we, don't throw these do. oh, these names. But that's it. All of these names are in that. Are in that Where's Blumin Samsonova? She's a nightmare <laughs> as well. Where's um... Alexandra? Is another one. Oh. Well, always beats people we we uh, we picked. I would say <laughs> on uh, Igor Svantec. I think, given the the way this draw has come out, I think it's possible that Igor Svantec would get to the final, and you know, would be playing well, and yet we would still have a question mark over whether she can really beat one of her top rivals on grass because they're all mm. they're all in the other half i mean i know there's pagula and goff and garcia but just match up wise i just batch fiontech in those matches it's the sabalenka it's the rabakina it's mukova even it's a peaking petra kvitova you know a great ons Chabert. that's what we haven't seen igor fiontech do on grass and we're not going to have see her do that until potentially the final so I think it, it you know we could be sitting here in a couple of weeks time with with real question marks still over Igor Svantec and yet she's gone really deep in the tournament I, d- I don't know if that makes any sense whatsoever yeah well if that means we're sitting here in two weeks previewing a Svantec Rabakina or a Svantec Sabalenka final then sign me up Absolutely, and and in, and in that or situation, in that situation, I'd probably still be leaning Sabalenka mm. or Rabakina. No, that's interesting because you, they, they might have answered the questions mm. by that. They'd I have mean, had to go through some some real tests. Sabalenka did beat some people on clay that I didn't expect her to beat at Roland Garros, for instance. But yeah, I I think the Svantec story reminds me a little bit of the US Open when she mm. came into that tournament That's with true. a lot hanging over and question marks and I don't even think she was playing that well by her standards she still won the thing mm. yeah that's true and I Very definitely I definitely underestimated Shiontek at the US Open stop making good points David <laughs> I know 11 years we've been doing it's this because and suddenly I've cracked it's, it well it's because now that we're live we're not allowed to argue <laughs> yeah, you can argue. You can argue. It's fine. We can't edit. We can't edit arguments out. <laughs> um, so you've got to just keep saying things that I agree with. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean that's going to last about four minutes. Look, we're less than halfway into episode one. Yeah. Give, give us time, folks. Yeah. Give us time. Uh, before we go on to talk about the men's draw, uh, while we're while we're on all things women's tennis, uh, an explanation of why I wasn't at the draw, and that was because I was attending hosting a very special WTA event marking the 50th anniversary of the formation of the WTA in the very place where the WTA was formed by Billie Jean King and 64 founding members. I actually have on my laptop right now a copy of the minutes from that first wow. ever meeting where the the vote went through oh to, to form the WTA. 64 attendees at the meeting, Betty, Betty Stover being sent to guard the door because she was the most physically towering presence. She, In the words of Billie Jean King at today's event to, to mark this anniversary, she said the media all thought that she was, she was at the door preventing them getting in. She was stopping all of us getting out. <laughs> and at the thing today, they've got the picture of her on that door 
life size to show it. It was fantastic. Mm. It was great. Um, yeah, 13 of the founding members of the WTA, including Billie Jean King, Rosie Casals, Alana Kloss, Francoise de, excuse me, Francoise de, Ingrid Benzer, who yeah. was a mother at the time of the formation of the WTA, um, lots of others as well. It was a a really, really special event. Sloane Stevens came, as did Tatiana Maria and her two daughters. And Sloane Stevens spoke on behalf of current players. And good on mm. her for doing that. Yeah. Um, because I'm sure lots were invited and very understandably weren't able to, to carve out time ahead of Wimbledon preparations and Sloane Stevens did. Yeah, it showed it mattered to her. Yeah, it did. And she was engaged throughout the whole thing. It went on for a while because 13 women with a lot to say. <laughs> and they, got, they were catching up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she was engaged throughout. You know, she was sat there on the front row and I was looking at her and it was, um, it was a great thing to be a part of and important that we remember these things. 50 years since the WTA was formed. I know there's a long way to go, but goodness me in my intro to the event um i talked through what the landscape for women was like in 1973 and women couldn't get a credit card in their own name they 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 had to have their met their husband's co-sign if they wanted to get a credit card you could be legally fired for getting pregnant and yet there was billy jean king forming a women's tennis association mm. founding professional women's tennis three years before extraordinarily ahead of their time and uh, an important thing to mark and the reason that I am incredibly dressed up you're probably thinking Catherine really doesn't understand how people are supposed to dress for for YouTube <laughs> and for podcasts. YouTube live <laughs> events uh, but I I was dressed for that and have have come straight from it and I'm just yeah I just always wear a blazer <laughs> you know? yeah it's all, it's all like, uh, I've I've seen David in that exact outfit sort of at the beach yeah <laughs> yeah david doesn't do casual and for anybody listening to the podcast saying you promised us you wouldn't do visuals check out our social media there'll be yeah. there'll be pictures of all of this on there life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This edition of the Tennis Podcast is sponsored by Tennis Channel and Tennis Channel Plus is the place to watch the French Open. They've got every court live and you can watch on your phone or your smart TV, both in HD. Matt, this sounds like your kind of thing. Yeah, there's nothing I like more than watching multiple courts with matches everywhere, dipping in to where there's the latest final set tie break or even the latest bit of aggro. And David, don't worry, you can just watch your favourite court, Suzanne Longlen, all day if you want. But whatever you choose, the French Open promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Do you know, I think in a lot of ways, the French Open is now my favourite slam. It's the strategy of the clay court tennis, the way it challenges players, and particularly now with Legends of the Game up against a new generation of young players. I cannot wait. Be there when it happens with daily live coverage beginning on Monday, May the 20th. Subscribe to Tennis Channel Plus to stream daily coverage of Roland Garros. Use promo code TENNISPOD20 for 20% off your annual subscription. On to the men's draw. 
What are our takeaways? Well, I think the second gasp needs describing, Matt. Yes, well, we were all waiting for Andy Murray, of course. He was he was the, the most interesting unseeded player, I think, in that draw. Where was he going to be? Uh, and the name uh, Ryan Penniston came out, and then the name Andy Murray came out. So that was a that was a minor gasp, I would say, because you know the Brits were interested in that. They weren't ulalaring. They, they were, but sort of. Was it a, was a, a, oh. their, their Frenchness was coming through. <laughs> if that had been a Parisian equivalent, can you imagine how bananas people would have been <laughs> fainting have <laughs> in the room? I'm telling you. Yeah, um, but that was then followed by uh, Dominic Team against Stefanos Tsitsipas. So you had Andy Murray's name, Dominic Team's name, and Stefanos Tsitsipas's name next to each other in the draw. And that is, that is definitely worthy of gasp. And also, going back to the uh, rehearsal little show that we did for Friends yesterday, we were talking about, you know, what, what possible draw we might like for Andy Murray. And I think, I think we sort of settled on winnable first match, and then Tsitsipas in the second round. <laughs> he actually Literally. Said I mean, <laughs> we went with uh, top seed who's uncomfortable on grass, and the names Rude and Tsitsipas just yeah. rolled off. Extreme, the extremely distracted, loved up top seed in the second round. <laughs> who's, and not, who's not really done a lot here. <laughs> no, even in, even in the most focused of times. Yeah. Um, look. Maybe maybe love will propel Stefanos Tsitsipas to a Wimbledon title, but form in Mallorca and generalised social media activity <laughs> suggests and not also, to me. Good luck to him. He seems extremely happy. And not working with Mark Philippoussis, who mm. I thought was, was good for him um, uh, generally, but also has great know-how on these services. Look, Stefanos Tsitsipas should be a good grass court player. So far, he's just... I, know, I think he won the one title, didn't he, last year? But he doesn't feel like a grass court player yet he doesn't do the things that he he needs to be able to do to excel on it I don't think and yet he's capable the movements all the strokes they should be there and I I just think overall that if Andy Murray did manage to play against him in the second round and frankly if he played against team as well even though these are illustrious names it's a heck of a good time to get them Mm. I mean Murray you know, he hasn't won a tour-level match since Indian Wells. He he didn't look good at Queen's, but we sort of caveated that with it was the end of his great run on the Challenger Tour, winning 10 matches on the grass. I think if, if Murray was in the sort of form that he was in at the start of the year, where he got those wins over Zverev and Berrettini, I'd, I'd be pretty confident of him beating Tsitsipas in the second round after getting through Peniston. I'm a little less confident than I would have been at the start of the year, but I, I think I do back Murray. Yeah, I, I, I think this is a great draw for Andy Murray. Not necessarily to win the thing or reach a quarterfinal. I'm trying not to look too far ahead, but I think, given he could have got Novak Djokovic yeah. in That's round thing, one, I think this is really good. I know Ryan Peniston is tricky. I've seen him be a real pest to a lot of people on grass at Queens this year and last year. Don't think he will be that pest to Andy Murray. I don't mm. think his pestiness because of game style or because of the aura of playing Murray. On well, I was thinking game court. style. I think the aura of playing Murray perhaps will be a factor as well. Right. It'll surely be on centre court. I, I do think that would be a factor. I think Ryan Peniston is a lovely bloke, um, but I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to say. No, I'm the man, not Andy Murray. I don't think he's that guy, mm. you know. I think he's... Mm. Check, I think, out, check out this guy down the other <laughs> end. He's won two Wimbledon titles. I think he's that guy. I think Murray will be seriously anxious and nervous on the day. Not not because of anything other than how much it means to him that he's playing a British guy. He knows he's meant to win and he knows he's meant to perform because this is almost the whole point of the comeback and all this effort, he's going to be really tight for the first... I, I could imagine a dodgy set. first set from yeah. Andy Murray, but I think Peniston will be tight too. 
Yeah, be interesting what mindset they can get Low quality first set coming up, (laughs) folks. Yeah, I just don't... They'll still hype it up. (laughs) I don't think that the the low bounce of Ryan Penniston and the the leftiness... He's got a not dissimilar game style to Cam Norrie in that the the forehand and backhand are quite different in terms of the look they give you. Far flatter backhand, spinnier forehand. I just don't think that disrupts Mm. Andy Murray in the way that it disrupts other players. Look, Andy Murray might just not play very well. He was bad at Queen's. As Matt says, he's not won a tour-level match since Indian Wells. He could just be bad at the moment. We yeah. don't really know. Um, Gosh, who would have thought that out of the names <laughs> Peniston, Murray, Sitsipas and Team, we wouldn't talk about Team. We've, we've talked more about Peniston. Maybe Team's going to come team through. Team lost in the first round of a clay court challenger last I week, know. Matt. I'm still they? trying to make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> It's he did, less yeah. likely to happen here than anywhere else, it isn't is. it? But maybe yeah, I mean, we'd be worried about happen. him losing first round in his heyday at Wimbledon, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't we? Oh, Dominic. I'm still glad he's here. I mean, I'm still <laughs> Me going to be there for since the pass against team. I'm going to be right oh, there. Yes. Yeah, me too. They are in the top half of the draw, which is, of course, where we find Carlos Alcaraz because he leapfrogged Novak Djokovic to world yeah. number one just in time for Wimbledon seeding by virtue of winning the Queen's title on Sunday. And and I know that uh, Robert in the Wimbledon Library would have been was gutted about that because he had his he had his stat lined up that he'd already told me. He said if unless Alcaraz wins Queens and we were thinking well, that's you know, that might happen, but it's unlikely, he's not that experienced on grass. Uh, Djokovic would have been a uh, top seed here, I think for the ninth time, which would have been a record. No one's ever been top seed at Wimbledon nine times. But scuppered by stat. by Carlos Alcaraz. And yet Djokovic probably can't, couldn't be happier about it, given the way the <laughs> given draws the draw, turned yeah. out. <laughs> it is a great draw for Novak Djokovic, isn't I, it? It's a cracking draw. I, I mean, it was, it was quite hard to imagine a difficult draw for him, but because he's that good. Because he's that good. Yeah, he's I mean, so look, superior, there, especially on this surface, to everyone else. I don't think there was any draw that would have made me not think he's going to win this thing. But it would have been interesting had he got Alcaraz's draw. Yeah, absolutely. Which it but is less so now. Yeah, it is a particularly good draw. I think so. I mean, I again, I tweeted that, and and someone came back saying, you know, there's potentially Herc in the fourth round who has pushed him at Wimbledon. There's potentially Kyrgios in the quarterfinal who, you know, pushed him a bit in that final last still year. Still has a winning record against him. Still has a winning record fit. against him. Well, I was going to come back to. I was going to oh. give my rebuttal to this to this guy, <laughs> whoever he was. Uh, and then there was Sinner in the semi final who took him to five sets last year. And Herkach does not really play well in slams, other than one run here. Kyrgios is not fit, and Sinner's never been to the semis of a major. So. Mm. I stand by. This is a great draw for Novak Djokovic. A lot of, I think, Medvedev and Runa, uh, Zverev, even all landing in the all landing in the other half. I think they were potential names that I might have thought could, yeah. could threaten him. But as I, I said, I mean, there's Rus Vori is there as a potential third round opponent. He can play on grass, but I don't quite understand why Emil Rus Vori isn't happening. More. Something isn't quite happening for him. He's still young. There's plenty he, of time. And, and he's got an interesting round one. I yeah, believe. Sam Marinka. Yeah. A couple of names that I would quite like to see face Djokovic in that first three rounds. Personally, I'd like to see Jordan Thompson play him in the second round because he's a proper grass court player who will come at him. You know, I would, I would like to see that. Um, I think it's early enough that maybe Djokovic isn't quite zoned in yet. And I remember him losing first set against Jack Draper a few years ago uh, in the first round. I'd, I'd also like to see him play Stan Wawrinka for old time's sake. Mm. I mean, my f- theory is that if Wawrinka got to that point, he'd have played his way in a little bit. You know, he'd be he, knackered. He, he'll be doing well. to. <laughs> he's diesel. He can keep going. He hasn't, I mean, been, look, that, he hasn't been that He's been a bit petrol recently. I've still recently. got 2012 through 2016 in my mind. That's the problem for, for the Vavrinka-Djokovic matches, which were, was one of my favourite oh, yeah. ever oh. rivalries. So seeing you know. them scheduled to meet in a slam at sort of early-ish stages was a real market-in-your-calendar moment. 
in yeah, a tennis and it, draw. And if they ended up meeting each other in a, in the final, mm. you know, you you're plotting it through and thinking the way Stan's playing. And there have been so many examples of it, particularly at the Australian Open. I would just love to see it. Um, but Sam Varenka is a Wimbledon title away from a career slam. He is. Throw that, that out there. <laughs> I think I'm probably being a little bit optimistic that he will be anything like that level, aren't I? But still, you never know, do you? But I'd be worried if you weren't being optimistic. Yes. Mm. I believe in you, Stan. <laughs> Who, and anybody else, David, if you're being optimistic for... Intri- a Bublik? Fourth oh, round yeah. opponent Actually, for Djokovic. In, in the whole quarter of the draw, I find Bublik the most interesting name for Djokovic. I mean, Kyrgios, on the face of things, is, but he, he, he's not he fit. can't be fit given the matches he's. Well, the one match he played and the subsequent withdrawals. Yeah. I just don't see how he can be. Now, he might be able to play his way in, but he's had a serious surgery you know six months ago so he's been off for so long so i can't imagine it but Bublik, unfortunately for him has the haller curse that matt has told us all about this is which true. means that he is going out in round one going out in round one if history tells us anything unless but, he's roger federer which <laughs> pretty but if, sure but if he mackenzie mcdonald is actually quite tricky hasn't he yeah. been to the fourth round here before can't remember. I'm going to confidently say Let's I feel I commentated on Mackenzie McDonald <laughs> beating Milos Raonic here. Okay. Let's let's <laughs> let's let's imagine that's not the case. He was he was playing he was playing today Mackenzie McDonald. I uh, so he must be in the f- semis of Oh, of Eastbourne. Yeah. Right. Assuming I believe public, you. Assuming public gets past McDonald, I think Bublik against Djokovic would be great to watch. Like I'd, I'd like. Yeah, I agree. Would I prefer to see that maybe more than him against Rublev, Djokovic? Yes, I think probably I would. Given that Rublev, I'm not sure I ever want to watch Rublev, Djokovic. That was in an Australian Open match, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, this year, and it was a really tough watch. I mean, Rublev has done better since he's won Monte Carlo. He's had some results, but they haven't been on grass. But um, he was playing really well in Australia. Yeah, he's. He's not there against Djokovic. And he's not as good as Djokovic. No. Djokovic is just and too he, good. He knows it, doesn't he? Casper uh, Ruud is in the third quarter, so the top of the the bottom, if you like. I mean, everyone in that section must be delighted, right? Because he's he's fourth seed, and yet, does anybody <laughs> think he's doing anything? I, d- I did uh, hear an interview with Casper Ruud in which he said, and actually. This is quite relatable. He said that his his motivation for doing well at Wimbledon is that uh, is that the weekend, who he's clearly obsessed with, have got some gigs in London over the first weekend of the tournament, and he wants to he wants to be in the draw long enough to be able to see them. He's planning his trips around his so favourite artist. He's such a fan of the weekend that if he lost on Tuesday, he couldn't be bothered to hang around for three <laughs> days for the concert. That's. Mm questionable commitment i would say well, he hasn't already seen them twice in, in the last doing week nothing but going to concerts <laughs> since the french I mean, open given the amount he's been watching he's that particular band and having seen the videos person. i think he, oh is it a person, it's a person. <laughs> is that <it> surname <laughs> wait, till, just he, wait till he finds out how it's spelled oh no <laughs> We're on YouTube now, David. We've got to be more... We've got to be more with it. Have we? <laughs> we can't edit this out anymore, can we? Not that we would, because I don't care. I hang don't on, know hang on. These gigs, these gigs he's, he's been going to, has it all been the weekend? Yes, yeah. He's just been on tour with the weekend yes, well, since twice. the French Open? Twice. I've never seen him more effusive about anything. He's been living his best life. He's Golf? having the time of his life. No, I'm seriously... He could do a hole-in-one on that winged foot golf course that he played <laughs> and he would not get as excited about as mm. he did singing whatever verse Weekend or his mates were singing. <laughs> Look, I, I support people being happy. Casper Ruud living his best life, playing golf and going to gigs. Stefanos Sitsipas doing whatever he's doing with Paola Bedosa. Lovely stuff. I just don't, you know, in terms of threats at Wimbledon, no. Is it not good, though, to maybe take the pressure off and just release the pressure You think it's down. all a big pressure release tactic maybe, from Casper Ruiz? Maybe he's thinking, I, I come into Wimbledon okay. and I just freewheel it. Yep. Imagine could that. could work. Can I draw your attention to, though, David, his potential second round opponent? 
Constant Lestian. Yes, you can. David was genuinely loving I was this part say, of the draw. I forgot there was a fourth gasp, and that was just me yeah. when Liam Brody against Constant Lestian <laughs> came out. I, I mean, that's got five sets written all over it, and I am going to be there. Unless I'm on commentary, and you can put me on commentary if you like. <laughs> Because I want to be there. David's bosses, if you're watching or listening. (laughs) Yeah, David wants to be on the real headline match of Constant Lestien against Liam Brody. Denis Shapovalov is in that section of the draw. We just don't talk about him anymore, do we? He's not, not a thing. Maybe no, this is. Can't tough. believe you brought him up. But well, imagine he's if, in the Casper Reed section. <laughs> imagine therefore, if he makes himself relevant by going. Well, this is an opportunity to do that. He's in a good section. I just, I don't, I don't feel it in my bones. Uh, Taylor Fritz is in this now, quarter. He, he, he needs a good Wimbledon, I think. Taylor Fritz. He, he's an Eastbourne champion in the past. He got to the quarterfinals here last year, and since then his his Slam results have have been poor and he's got a bit of a tricky first round match I believe Hanfman who uh, is doing well certainly the last time I checked Mallorca was doing well and had that had that great tournament in Rome just mm. just a few weeks ago good, he's, he's, he's been in some good form Hanfman. he is I think that's I think that's tough for Fritz but Fritz yeah he he needs to start doing better in slams I can't put my finger on it about Taylor Fritz I don't think he looks in the best place. I've been seeing interviews with my interviewed him myself, and he was saying all the right things. Mm. Um, can't actually quite remember who he lost to at Queens, but he lost early. Um, I, I, I just think something's not quite balanced. He played golf with Casper Ruud. Stop bringing one. up Casper Ruud. He's no. going to be out in first first round. <laughs> That's what he did as his sort of build-up. He went and played golf with Kasparuta. Maybe he's uh, releasing the pressure valve. Just in terms of the <laughs> no, the serious point you make, though, I just wonder whether maybe he is feeling the pressure in as much as he so wants it. He and he's been vocal about it. He's he's alluded with his game to the to the idea that he's at that level, that he's a contender for going to a Wimbledon final or a, or a U.S. Open final. And he lost to Brandon Holt, didn't he, in the first round at the US Open last year. And he was so devastated because he really wants this. He's he's not leaving any stone unturned. He's doing all the right things, I think, from everything I can see. And he's got the ambition he, and he's talking about it. And that's what I want to see. But I do think that that is likely to leave you disappointed if you go anywhere other than as far as you want. And there probably is a line that you can't really afford to cross in terms of being that pumped up. And that's me saying that. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I just feel as though maybe he's, maybe he needs to find a way to let it go a little bit and let it happen. That's my only theory. Yeah, and I hope he does. I just don't don't feel like it's now. I think that's really tricky opening round for Taylor Fritz. Yes, one of our lights has quite literally gone out. <laughs> Literally rather than metaphorically, we're still very much still with you. Uh, this, there was always a risk of this happening. It's, it's due to wet weather position faff. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. We were prepared for such an event. We were, I think we've handled wet weather position very calmly and very agreed, well. Agreed. Like agreed. Would this be a bad time to point out that it never actually rained? <laughs> I, you know, it did in the build-up while we were setting up. It didn't we really. feel like Wimbledon <laughs> when they really got rain. the centre court roof built and then they didn't get a chance to press yeah. the button mm. and use it because it was mm. blooming sunny all week. Yeah, and we, you know, two hours ago it was going to rain. We checked three apps. Mm. Yeah, and, it, and here but we are undercover. We We've are, moved the entire thing. We are practicing what we preach though because we always get annoyed at tennis tournaments that have roofs and don't preemptively use... close them yeah. when weather forecasting is when, available. When they know it's going to rain. But the reason they don't do that is because weather forecasting is so darned inaccurate, which is <laughs> which we are most certainly the today. Case. There was a BBC anyway. glitch and it was saying it was going to be eight degrees all, all week, and uh, yes, fortunately that, was that wasn't correct. <laughs> Fingers crossed. A couple of other bits of news that have broken uh, over the course of the last day or so here at Wimbledon. One in particular, which is the intended comeback of former world number one Australian Open champion Caroline 
Wozniacki. She announced yesterday she'll be back for the US hardcourt swing. She thinks she can win the US Open. Good luck to her. Well, I mean, it, 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 somebody on Twitter reminded me that she was the opponent of Kim Clijsters, who did exactly that, came back and won the US Open, beating her in the final. Um, I suppose I'm not that surprised now that it's happened. I, I, The way she spoke, she was quite categoric about stopping and it seeming like that was it. But she's been around tennis a lot the last couple of years. She was here last year, I remember, doing commentary work. I think we had her on our radio station, BBC Radio. Um, and she clearly still loves the game, has a massive appetite for it. And I do think she's, yeah, she's seen others that have gone away, had kids, and then come back to play and it's just been great for them and they've loved it and they've been successful and she's still young isn't she I mean she's not she's not struggling going to struggle with age I don't think she's ready to go so whether, yeah. whether a game can go with her is another matter you know as the, as the game moved on at all well the thing is at the time that she retired she had dropped off a bit from her mm. peak threat um, but maybe that's because she'd lost the hunger mm. a little bit and she had one eye on retirement and perhaps having children, getting married, having children. I think she'd already got married, hadn't she, while she was on tour. So it will be interesting to, to test that. I think good luck to her. If anybody wants to come back, retire, do whatever they want, that's that's totally... It's a very, very personal thing. I do, I do think she she had a great retirement. She had a really great moment in Australia. It felt very right. And she actually referenced that yesterday, didn't she, when talking about the decision to make this comeback, how lovely her retirement moment mm. was down in Melbourne. They played Sweet Caroline, didn't they, on the court. Um, so, but I suppose she'll always have that, won't she? Yeah. You know, regardless of what happens. So, makes things interesting. Yeah, absolutely. She's a good name to be coming back into the... Mm the tournaments and the, the scene generally we have had some quotes from Andy Murray emerging I'm sure there'll be plenty more of those tomorrow tomorrow of course is media day Saturday yeah. uh, at Wimbledon we will be doing a post media day show podcast as usual will be live on YouTube at what time David around 4.30 around 4.30 the reason we're not being quite specific about this yes it is because we're hoping to time it so that we can get a couple one maybe two live player drop-ins mm. to the show so we're just leaving ourselves a little bit of wiggle room to move the time to make that most likely yeah. to happen well, we've moved the entire setup because of <laughs> rain that didn't happen so you know but around about 4 30 <laughs> keep your eye on social media and we will confirm the time yeah. very soon indeed once the the times are through for media day so all the players will be coming through the press conference room tomorrow we'll be speaking to them we'll be coming to you on a podcast afterwards one of those players will be andy murray he's already done some media hasn't he there was a, a piece in the telegraph today about a, a bit of a a bit of a story that's been rumbling in the background over the course of the past few days and weeks about a poster that Wimbledon released as part of a, a series of promotional posters in the lead-up to this tournament. And this particular poster was to promote rivalries of the past and of the future in the sport. And the big three were pictured, Djokovic, Federer Nadal, Andy Murray wasn't there. Jamie Murray, a few days or weeks ago, time is time is concertinaed <laughs> somewhat recently. Not quite sure when it was. He said he was displeased with the fact that Andy Murray didn't feature in that rivalry depiction uh, that was put to Andy Murray over the past couple of days and he said um, he he did have issues with the poster but not with the fact that he wasn't in it he said he thought it was a bit strange with the arrangement of men at the front and women at the back at the very front of the poster was Carlos Alcaraz and Yannick Sinner and at the back was was Iga Svantec and Elena Rabakina and that was what what Andy Murray took issue with. Mm. Yeah, and, and he said he said somewhat sarcastically, yeah, it's a disaster, isn't it? <laughs> sort of, I think he thinks it's been blown up a bit unnecessarily. And it, it is one of those that when you see the, the tweet, the tweets about it from Jamie, then people 
inevitably come in and say, well, where's Steffi Graf and where's Pete Sampras and where's uh, Andre Agassi? And, and on and on and on it can go. You're kind of in a no-win position, I think, if you are a tournament doing that. Yes, personally, I think that that order would have been better if it was, wasn't was men at the front uh, in, in that way. But then, as you said, it is part of a series and an earlier one that they'd put together and put out uh, which I think was talking about trailblazers of the sport, had mostly women in the forefront. Mm. So, and I think that that, you know, that also needs to be remembered. There's going to be some questions fired at these players tomorrow, aren't there? There's all sorts of... There's going to be a lot of Saudi Arabia. Let's brace ourselves mm. for that. Well, judging by today's <laughs> yeah. press conference that you were moderating, Catherine, or the event that you were moderating, Billie Jean King was mm. receiving questions about Saudi Arabia and the interest that the state is showing in investing in sport generally and more recently tennis and it was interesting that Steve Simon the WTA CEO was there and and he actually took the microphone to to be I thought quite open oh by there's rain in the air I can just feel it <laughs> fantastic but he was um he was quite keen I think to 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 say that yes we are we have been talking to Saudi Arabia. We are talking to them. And they've made great strides, in his words, but there's still a heck of a lot that needs to be looked at before we would consider doing business with them. Um, but you're right. I mean, the, that move is coming in terms of interest, and it is going to proliferate from everything we're seeing. Um, and you're right. The players are going to get asked, just as Carlos Alcaraz was at Queen's when he won the title. Yeah. And we we will be bringing you all of it tomorrow on the show and trying to arrange our thoughts on it all. We've got circa 21 hours to do that, folks. <laughs> uh, good luck to all of us. Hopes and prayers. Um, right. We have a Wimbledon mascot introducing Erin. Erin is a cat. Erin is owned by Daryl who has had tennis podcast mascots before. Daryl is a prolific tennis podcast mascotter, uh, remembering the dearly departed Gerald, yeah. um, who cat. was mm. a marvellous cat and a big part of the show for a long time. Now we have Erin. Got to say, Erin, beautiful as she is, doesn't look thrilled to be, <laughs> <laughs> to be the Wimbledon mascot. Certainly not in this photo that I'm looking at. She's a... She's a handsome feline. But yeah, I mean, cats never look thrilled about anything, do they? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Gerald mani- um, Daryl managed to get Gerald to do some some Wimbledon poses Ooh, yes. in the past. And I don't think Erin's going to be... Erin looks gonna like so she's going to take some coaxing. But <laughs> we will live life on her terms. <laughs> yeah. we, we lay down that gauntlet to you, Daryl. We, we welcome Wimbledon-related uh, photo shoots with Erin. Let's let's see how that goes. We have our mascots. David's got Maisie. Right, Maisie. I've got Zenya. Hello, Zenya. And Matt's got Darwin. Hello, Darwin. We are all anxious about what to do with Petra Kvitova. Yep. And <laughs> uh, Elena Rabatkina. Maisie and I are going to discuss it. So much to be anxious about. Billie Jean is sponsored by Billie Jean King and Alana Kloss. We have our top folks and executive producers, Jamie, Hannah and Drew. And we have shout-outs, Matt. Yes, we have Scott Fleming, who is from Scotland. Like Colin Fleming. Yeah. Also from Scotland. Yes. And Scott, quote, works in tennis and gave Catherine and Matt some fudge last year in Melbourne. I remember that. Scott says, I've been I've been too nervous slash awkward to ask if they enjoyed it. Definitely enjoyed Definitely, it. Definitely, yes. I think it came Thank you. if I recall, Scott, at a very welcome time i think mm. sugar was required yes where's my fudge <laughs> you were in solly hull david uh, yeah mm. i wasn't there and you didn't think to bring any back <laughs> no okay fine not sure how well fudge travels scott don't anyway. worry it's all right scott i'll get over it thank you very much for both the fudge and for being a shout out friend of the podcast like scott draper queen's clamp champion of 1998 catherine that is genius thank you very much <laughs> We've also got Chris Wiley, who is in Cambridge. Like Jordan Wiley. Hey! Different spelling, oh. but still sounds the same. And Chris Lewis. Chris Lewis, the 1983 runner-up 
to John McEnroe. Correct. Mm. Yes. Was that a match that featured in our top 10 worst Grand Slam final? <laughs> it did, yeah. It did. Oh, pandemic content. <laughs> yeah, worst week. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chris. And finally, we've got Carrie Hopkins in Springfield, Illinois. Oh, Springfield is the capital of Illinois. That's a thing that I know. Yeah, I don't know any tennis carries. I don't think. Carrie Soto. Yes, again, a, a different fiction, spelling. A fictional tennis carry. Oh, really? Yeah. The author Taylor Jenkins Reid has written a, a tennis book. The protagonist, um, the titular protagonist, is called Carrie Soto. Oh, fantastic. Mm. Mm. Isn't she a like former champion trying to come back? Yes, she is. Yeah. Very good. I'm learning Thank lots you. Thank today, you very much. And, and Hopkins... Um, well, my great uncle, <laughs> Sir, okay. Sir David Hopkin. Yeah. Neither of you got anything better. So on that no. note, <laughs> just just someone who I don't want to say. Okay. Who? Just just a bad one. Yeah. I know An- Sir An- Anthony. No. no, he was. He was all, well, let's go with that. Let's go with that. Let's go with Sir let's Anthony Hopkins. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Thank you, Carrie. Yeah, thank, thank you, you to Carrie. all of our friends of the Tennis Podcast. If you'd like to become a friend of the Tennis Podcast, the link to do that is in our show notes. You can also leave us an iTunes review, follow us on social media, uh, like and subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube. That's a new thing I've got to remember. Yeah, kids Lucky told me we've got me. to say that. <laughs> we will be back tomorrow with our post-media day show around about 4.30, exact time to be confirmed look out across our social media for confirmation and of course from monday we will have daily live tennis podcasts on youtube and available as podcasts wherever you get your podcasts as normal upon the conclusion of singles play on the show courts so as soon as the the meat and potatoes of the day is done we will convene and we will talk about tennis Hopefully not right here. Hopefully in the dry weather position over there. But in extremis, we'll be here. And we look forward to seeing you there. We'll speak to you soon. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag. A watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.